0: This is The CreaseCast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Friday-slash-Saturday edition of The CreaseCast. I'm your host, Lachlan Irvin. We are back with another episode. Uh, it's a late episode, of course, because uh, of the awkward Canucks playing on a Friday night, which is actually really, really rare, hence why we do the Friday shows. Uh, joining me today is my is my good friend, she's back, Angelina Mintz from BCIT. Hello. And and uh, yeah, Ange, how you doing?
1: Good, You're tired.
0: Good, because you you and I went to the game.
1: We did, and that's why this is starting, we're recording very late. Yes. From transiting home. Um, I wouldn't trade going to the game. Like I definitely think it was worth it. Like it was a good game, but I'm just very, very exhausted. <laughs> yes, aren't
0: we all? Are yeah. we all? like you know who's most exhausted though? Is Spencer Martin because that boy worked so hard
1: he really carried the team it's like he turned in I don't want to compare him to Demko but it was like
0: he's bubbly the way, bubbly, he, <laughs> bubbly the way he
1: played tonight was like bubble Demko where it was like you never expected it and then it just it happened like it was so impressive so good what an effort by him um first NHL game in five years like that's really impressive and I was really impressed because going in uh you said to me you're like this we're gonna get slaughtered like this is not gonna be a good game panthers are leading the league we have we don't have that's okay. we don't, don't have jt miller we don't have Connor don't garland List goes enti- on.
0: okay excuse me don't throw me entirely under the you bus, literally
1: man. said you're like why can you be you can't be sober at this game because okay. which i was because look by i'm by the way, look, here's the deal so drink. was i
0: so was i don't yeah. uh but like here's the thing right like I look back on every single time the Canucks have been like, okay, we're going to send this ver- this goaltender who does not have a lot of experience into a game, and we're going to hope that it doesn't go entirely badly. And, like, I look back on, like, the Mikey DiPietro game where they threw him in on an emergency basis, and the and the Canucks defense was not ready to insulate him properly and it went so so badly and i was looking at spencer martin as a guy who hasn't played in 5 years his last game i believe is actually i was actually like a year to the day or like 5 years to the day kind of thing or something close something to that something like that yeah something close to that uh, and he had a rough go he had a real rough go in the 3 games he played with the avalanche which i believe were the year where um they were like where they were notoriously like, like insanely bad. Like that one year where they were like the worst team in the NHL by a country mile. Um, and uh yeah, Martin had a rough go then. And I was just looking at this like, God, they're playing the best team in the NHL. They're doing it without uh JT Miller. their leading goal scorer. They're doing it obviously without Thatcher Demko because he's in COVID protocol and Holak as well. And also Bo out. Also Connor, Garland. Connor Garland's out. I was just looking at this like, God, they're in a lot. Poor Spencer Martin is about to get thrown to the Wolves. And Yeah, because usually
1: they can mask for the defense not being great. Um, and they couldn't tonight. But I was very impressed with the defense.
0: The defense did did their job for sure. Like they did a much they better job than I was anticipating. They actually helped
1: carry the team.
0: Yes. They but-
1: didn't just. Be like, oh well, our goalie can save us this time, and just <laughs> throw him to the woods.
0: Yep, like, this guy can bail us out. They like, definitely looked a lot more into the game. Like they definitely looked like they were playing a much sounder, structured defense around their goaltender. Like they knew that they had to be a lot 100%. more, a lot more, uh, like, um, cautious. But at the same time, they still give up 34 shots, and Spencer Martin stopped 33, so mm-hmm. finishing with a 971 save percentage absolutely ridiculous just how how good he was in that game like the Panthers too they're like like not to play like like devil's Adkin necessarily but I did notice the Panthers were throwing a lot of shots uh right into his chest like there yeah were all, like there were a lot of opportunities in that game that I think they didn't take the best shot they could have and it yeah. kind of looked like the Panthers might have been even like trying like I don't know if they were coasting necessarily but it didn't look like they were necessarily always getting the best opportunity they possibly could. I think
1: you have to think about it, though, in the way of they just came off a game in Edmonton last night. Right. And they've been on the road, and I feel like it's like when we go into the East Coast, I feel like it's a lot harder for them to – it's like when we go to the East Coast, it's harder for us in the time zones, and I think the same thing happens to them. Like, West Coast, like, you're not used to it. And also, like, back-to-backs are always hard no matter where you're playing, no matter what, like, teams you're playing. And so I think – Even though, like, they played the Oilers and the Canucks, and yes, they're leading the league, they had a huge win last night against the Oilers, and they might have just been fatigued, but I think even with the fatigue, like, they still put up a good game, but I think you're right. Like, I think the shots, like, yeah, they weren't taking the opportunities, and maybe that would have happened even if, like, they're not tired, but I think definitely there was fatigue. Not to give the Panthers too much credit, but they are leading the league
0: (laughs) yeah 34 like yeah they still got it they still had a 34 shot night on a team on a Canucks team that's uh, not uh, obviously not at top condition but also like rested like they still had the rest the benefit of resting and having some time between games for this one and you know the Panthers didn't necessarily have their best lineup available either like Ole Olevi uh was supposed not not necessarily like he's a starter but um gustav Forsling was supposed to initially is in their top six he's hurt or in COVID protocol i forget exactly what it is but olia levy was supposed to take a spot then he went on ir so they lost that guy now they're and i think the guy they're playing in his stead was uh a guy by the name of matt kirsted was the guy was the oh, uh was the guy taking over in that sixth spot with uh you know the usual guys like Ekblad, Gudis, Montour, Weaker, those et cetera.
1: It would have been funny to see you play though, because of I feel like people were asking. The typical trend of players the Canucks reject coming to Vancouver That's... or playing the Canucks and we... absolutely destroying them. It's
0: toffoliing. Yeah, we have a jar. We have a. We have the toffoliing. Jar up there. We have. The it t-
1: is toffoliing, and I think. He probably would have Toffoli. So honestly, in I don't, a way,
0: I like don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he would. <laughs> I
1: think he would have scored.
0: I, I, I would. I am very. He's not gonna get a hat
1: trick. Not everyone's gonna get a hat trick. That Toffoli thing was just Toffoli is so good, and I think he just really was like, well, "Hey, look at me. God, I'm really good." You're gonna be and throwing a lot of like, money into that char Screw like
0: it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's he a, was
1: like, "Just screw you, Jim Betting." Like honestly, like that's how that went down, and no one else has really done that coming back to Vancouver.
0: Adam Godet kind of did. Well, uh, yeah, Ottawa.
1: but not really, but I'm going to say like, I think no one will ever really do it to fully did. However, I think you levy probably would have had a great game. Because I feel like whenever players come back, they always have great games. Yeah, but w- in
0: Oleo Levy's case, I kind of feel like that was, uh, that like, was I would have been very call. comfortable betting money that he wasn't going to get up. Yes,
1: but I feel like it was a gr- it was great, like, I'm not saying, like, end. it's a bad trade like most of the ones in the Jim Benning era. No, it was, However, it was, it, was whatever. it was a good trade in a way of, like, he was not working here. So, I'm, like, happy with that. Um. But it would have been funny if he got a point. And he yeah. probably would have.
0: Like... Eh, I don't – I think – I, again, I feel pretty safe that he wouldn't have. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Yuho Lamako – uh, has done, done done pretty well against the Panthers in the one game that he got against them in his revenge game uh, as part of True. that trade. Noah Juleson has not gotten his opportunity yet. No. Maybe he will someday, but for now, uh, Infinity Gauntlet time. I think it's pretty clear that we're giving the Infinity Gauntlet tonight to Spencer Martin. Like I, uh, God, no, absolutely. Like that kid. Like okay, straight up. Uh, I, you can back me up on this because you were there. I was stressed. I was stressed watching that. Like once they, like, once they got the one-nothing lead and started the second period or like around that like early parts of the second period, that's when I started stressing out. Because I, as a goaltender, I'm like watching this. I'm like, I wanted him to win so badly. I wanted that win for him so badly. We're talking about it like they won. They lost two to one in a yeah, in a shootout. it was
1: an exciting game.
0: Spoiler alert. But I was watching that game and I was just like, God, I really need them to win for this guy because uh like I can't like he is putting in every last ounce he has into winning this game. And I would be and especially considering the fact that he's 0-3, that he was coming in 0-3, uh, I was like, God, get this man his first NHL win. He is working so hard for it, and they couldn't do it. They 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 tried and again, they tried their best. They did their absolute best for it to give the Canucks credit they did not give up an even strength goal apparent and according to jeff patterson they have not given up an even strength goal since i believe since i think he said the uh the 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 second period against the carolina hurricanes so o- about a week ago like uh, that's that's great like that's a huge boost for your defense that's like that's a that's a good indicator that your defense is coming along nicely uh, and doing and playing above punching above their weight class a little bit more and even, but even tonight, like they had to get a little bit of a bailout kind of night from their goaltender, and he was dialed in right from the beginning. Like there were a couple plays, like I definitely noticed the difference where he's, uh, like with Spencer Martin, you can definitely tell that he's not like that. That he's clearly not Thatcher Demko or Yarrow Holak in the way that he's not as quick on like his, uh, his, uh, his feet. He's definitely moving cross crease, uh, definitely slower, and he's reacting to the play a little bit. Like just a step behind, like like even the slightest step behind. But considering all that, he looked great in that, and he was reading he was reading the the puck well. He was able to move, he was able to keep uh, the Panthers at bay for a very long time. He wasn't fooled by any sort of like trick shots, and the Panthers tried that on a couple power plays. Where in particular, there was one where Anthony Declair, I don't know if he fanned on it. I don't know if he was just if he just fanned on the one timer. But he kind of tried like a weird floater. like there was a weird a puck that very easily can catch you off guard as a goaltender mm-hmm. where when you're expecting that hard shot and it ends up instead of going just straight at you, it ends up kind of bobbling up. and he still read it and he put the blocker out and he got his blocker out in front of it. And I was watching that, and I'm just like, no, he's he's dialed in. he's doing his absolute best. and got it when Henderson scored or uh, no, uh, Besser scored in the shootout. I was like, they're gonna do it. They're gonna win. They're gonna win this game. Uh, they're gonna win this game. He's gonna get it, and then uh, it 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 uh, it ended that. That was as close as they got. So. Two
1: things I want to correct you on. It was not Pedersen who scored. It was Besser. I said be-
0: I said Besser. Yeah. Well, then I'm zoning
1: out. But anyways,
0: I said Besser afterwards. Um,
1: anyways, um, also yeah, you were fucking stressed in overtime because well that was a different. Let's, that let's was not honest.
0: about
1: overtime. Sucks and. To be fair, watching that overtime was not as bad as the worst overtime ever, which was against St. Louis, three and zero on Marshall. However, I would three say this was worse. Minute, hot well, take. yeah, hot
0: take. This is worse.
1: But three minutes.
0: Yeah, let's... You have
1: Labrigo, Highmore, and Oel out there in the defensive zone. First of all, they're gassed. Like, luckily, Florida's that gassed, was... too. But it's not like they're trying to score. They're putting more effort trying to stop these guys from fucking going. And all they were doing is trying to run out the fucking clock. All they're doing is running out the clock. And it was exhausting to watch how they could not clear the puck enough to change, which was disturbing.
0: Well, I I mean, it It was bad. It makes makes sense. Yeah, it was awful. So, yeah, bad. So, okay, Bruce Boudreaux, for all the points he has gotten already as a Canucks head coach. I am not loving the trend right now of how much he's leaning very specifically on Tyler Mott, Yuho Lamico, and uh, Matthew Highmore. Like you, he, you heard the uh, him talking about how he sees them as the third line, and that includes over Hoaglander. that's over Putcalsin, that's over Dickinson. And I'm looking at, and I'm like, okay you know what, like he's winning a lot of games. It's hard for me to really like get too upset about it and like really like get too concerned, I guess. But in that overtime, I don't like, okay. I do not know how you as a coach come to the conclusion of, you know, who's going to win us this game. You know who we're going to put out right after Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, and Brock Besser is Yuho Lamico, uh Matthew Highmore, and Oliver Ekman Larson. You that was the, it wasn't as even soon like as they stepped over the boards. I was like, oh, this is gonna go really badly. And it went even worse than I anticipated. Mott because was also they got out stuck. there though. Mott got Mott, Mott Mott was, was out there out for, like for a a Pederson. He wasn't out there seconds. a lot.
1: My issue is that you put those guys out first of all in overtime in general, but you put them out before you put Pearson, before you put Hoglander, before you put Paul Colson and like, yeah, Oel's out there because OEL is probably like the second man next to Quinn Hughes. When you go. And other than Tyler Myers, when you go and put overtime defensemen, like obviously you're double shifting Hughes and then there's OEL and Myers. And those are the only people they usually put out for overtime. But my issue comes with the fact that those guys were out there. Like you said, they- before anyone else before, like other than the top line, they were out there before. Pearson, Hoglander, um, Dickinson, Pod Colson, they were out there. Even really Mott, because Mott wasn't out there a lot. Mott was only out there for 30 seconds. They were out there before all those guys who were way more, I feel like, capable in overtime of winning a game than that line.
0: Straight up there. Okay. Like let's like I, they I know, were in the defensive zone for three Bruce minutes. Boudreau that says prove something. S- sees them as a third line. I'm sorry, they're a fourth line. They're yeah, a fourth they're line that. guys. You should not be putting your fourth line guys out in three on three overtime. And they got burned on it because here's the thing. Like if you, they were gassed, they got gassed. They, they went out there. They could and. It's not even it like it went to the point where they're gas because they're not fast enough to keep up with the Panthers. Yeah. at three on three, yeah. and sure enough, the 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 Panthers turned into the Harlem Globetrotters around them. It's like, geez, oh, I was like, okay, the I wonder going.
1: why. And yeah,
0: the three they got they wasted three and a half minutes of a five minute overtime period in with those guys zone. out there because they in couldn't the defensive zone the whole time. They had enough. There was no way they were going to get out of that zone without the lucky without a lucky bounce, and and even then. Even Even when they cleared the puck and changed, it was not fun. Highmore decided, oh, I'm going to try and dangle around these two guys by the blue line instead of just dumping it in and getting a change." And sure enough, they stripped him of the puck and sent it back the other way. So then the
1: guys coming on had to rush the hell to the other end of the ice so they could defend.
0: Yeah, Jesus. It was a huge, that was a huge mess. Like, that was the one part of the game. That and the Tyler Myers giveaway with, like, seconds remaining. You're like, Jesus, Uh... why? Why are you doing this to Spencer? Why is
1: this a thing? Why yeah. is this happening?
0: Why is that happening? There was a mis- that was the thing. I think the Canucks had a would have I don't I can't say they would have won necessarily because who knows how the rest of the OT would have gone, but I would at least like to think they would have had a better chance had Pedersen Bennett and Besser and Hughes or Pearson, Hoaglander, what have you, had been able to get more than a minute and a half of ice time in OT. <laughs> like that cost them the game. That's the kind of roster, like of line decision that costs you a game. And it did. It cost them a game right there. I, and again, I'm not going to get too upset about it. The fact that you were even in a game, two to one, in a two one game.
1: Where you're playing the top team in the league in it, and with both your, your goaltenders are out. Roster,
0: with as depleted a roster as you have is yeah. honestly very, very impressive. Uh, I do have, like, questions about, like, a couple, like, I, I have questions here and there about the way that they uh, deployed the team as overall. Like, again, the other thing was, like, Highmore, Mott, and Lamico were also out there in the last minute of play in the game. Yeah, when you're tied you at one, have, you should have your best. You
1: should have best... Besser, Pedersen.
0: You should at least um... have, you should at least have some Hog-Lander semblance of your youthful scores, like you should have you should have some combo of those guys out there you and should instead have they're
1: first or second line you should have besser you should have some combo like you said of besser petterson hoglander pod colson i even feel like i could take even... mod out
0: of that equation in a, in a to an extent because i feel like he in himself was actually doing a pretty good job i think like, yeah you can put Mod in
1: there but i don't like Lamico out there at all
0: no, Lamico is great in small doses. Tonight he played 19 minutes and 51 seconds, and I that know. is too much, especially when you consider that Pod Colson played nine and a half.
1: Yeah, like, I don't no, like that, how no. he was in, like, the fourth line, and he wasn't really getting much time, where I feel like Pod Colson is one of those players, for some reason, that's not getting enough playing time over guys who aren't as good. And I feel like if Pod Colson was out there more, maybe they'd score. You no know, it's just hot take you know May-
0: maybe but like pods but has work Cole's pod's in- a rookie i don't want to put too much pressure on him to like but um, he contributes contribute. in other ways he contributes in a lot more ways defensively, defensively offensively he's very good in his own end whereas yeah, the, that that third line that or fourth line whatever you want the, i'm gonna I, I feel like just calling them the crash line right now uh but like they get hemmed into their zone for like they'll get a nice goal every now and then but they get hemmed in their zone for long periods yeah. of time. Their advanced stats numbers are. They not were in good.
1: their whole defensive zone that last minute when they're which, out there.
0: Which is why, which is why, uh, which is why you know, at the rate that Tyler Mott is scoring right now, you gotta, re- you really want to hope that they can maybe offload him to a new t- to somewhere else right now. Like the way that he's playing. No. No. Okay. Here's the thing. No. We have to have this conversation no. because here's the thing. We're not
1: having this conversation. Yes, we have are. this conversation with Cody when he'll agree with you because I'm not talking. We'll about see. That's the thing.
0: Mott. He that's a, that we'll see. That's the important thing is you have a disagreement on this one. So here's the thing. Tyler Mott is a wonderful hockey player and a wonderful person. The, tonight was hockey. Uh, was hockey talks night. That was awesome. And Tyler Mott's been a big like uh, very passionate um. Uh, passionate part of that conversation uh, with it as he's dealt with that with uh, those with those sorts of things and mental health issues himself Um, and uh, but at the same time like one of the things we're hearing right now with when it comes to Tyler Mod, he's a UFA at the end of the season he the the the, uh, from my understanding or at least from Donnie and Dolly's understanding I think they said he's they're looking his next contract is looking to be in the ballpark of two point five per year, like around that number, I believe was the number, at least over 2 million. I know that much. I know it was over 2 million. And look, if Tyler Mott's wonderful, but if that's what he's asked, if that's what the expect you expect the cost to be to re-sign him as the incumbent team, I think you have to look at trading him. You have to look at moving him to another team because he's great because the asset value he he does have a lot of value especially right now he has a lot of value and what he could bring back in return from a from a contending team is much is going to help you a lot more than having Tyler Mott on a hefty contract extension would next season if you're going to pay him that kind of money he has to be scoring at a regular rate like a, a like he has to be scoring at a second third line pace third line pace, regular, which is not, which is unusual for Tyler Mott. Like he's about to hit, he's, he's coming close to hitting his career high in points. And you, do you really want to bank on that, on that being the norm for him? When, when this kind of a thing is not his, when is usually his high scoring season is around the 20 point, the 20 point mark, I'm going to have, I say, no, that's not enough. It's not enough for what that cost would be. So I think you got to look at moving him at the trade deadline and he, especially again, right now because he's playing really, really good hockey. You could really, you could get a much like a pretty darn good package. I think for him from the right team.
1: Okay, fine. But we also like, if you're trading Tyler Mott, we're also trading JT Miller.
0: I mean, that's those are two separate two separate deals but, but it's
1: it has I, to happen if you're gonna trade tyler mott you better damn well be trading how is him.
0: that okay i have to ask how is that how is that connected like what why like because uh, they're Miller's both the team great no jt okay.
1: miller trades value is great he's leading scoring he's the leaders leading score for them at the moment i just feel his trade value is really good and also i feel like with Mott in the same way, you'll get a good package for him. Yeah, JT's older. That's <laughs> JT Miller and Tyler Mott, the same. The only thing they though is same. JT Miller's older, but he's still like it's is almost he's like he's old? hitting his prime. Is he older? I thought he was like 29, 30. They're
0: I think they're actually around the same age. Well, like I think they're okay, much closer in age. Then. I think Tyler Tyler Mott just has a bit of a baby face, which is why yeah. I, he's got he's got but that, he's got that JT those good genes.
1: Brings great energy to a team. His trade value is super high right now and I feel like he is worth a lot of money and even though it would suck to lose him I feel like it's one of those guys that like we just need to get rid of and I feel like Mott is like that too the only worry I have about getting rid of Mott is I feel like and you can disagree but I feel like our penalty kill is gonna fall apart I know it's not great, but it's going to get oh, worse.
0: Well, he is the
1: heart and soul of you the think penalty the, kill. Do you
0: think the penalty, uh, do you, okay, if, look, if Tyler Mott is the only thing keeping your penalty kill together, then maybe you just need to rebuild the entire penalty kill. Well, no, kill.
1: it sucks. The okay, it okay, so
0: sucks. JT Miller's 28 and Tyler Mott's 26. It's about okay. that. It's, it's pretty close. I
1: thought JT was older.
0: But well, yeah.
1: even then, I feel like the PK. The thing is, with so, the fourth look, line t-
0: keeping Tyler Mott is not going to make the PK better. The
1: PK, but also the fourth line it's I just feel like is just going to stay as is. unit, and I feel like you're not. It's hard to split that up, and so I feel like Tyler Mott being like such a big part of that hurts them. But I don't know. Like I, I personally would rather him stay, and I personally think he's worth the money. Just like I think Pearson is worth his money. And you disagree with that. Yeah. So I know a lot of I people to, disagree I, with that. I love them both I as players everything. and
0: as people. Like I love them both as players and as people. But when you're talking like the dollars and cents of like a salary cap league, I don't like what, I don't like the overall cost there. I think the cost mm-hmm. outweighs the benefits with oh, having sure. them. Which In the same way that with like, I think that in the same way that I think resign, like leaving it to resign JT Miller would probably not be a good call. I think you'd be much better yeah. off. I think the amount you are going to get for JT Miller in today's market really right now. You really need to
1: get him like gonna get almost whole, now. You're going to get a King's ransom. Happen. Yeah, Straight exactly. up, I
0: think the Canucks might get it. Like, the Canucks might make one of the best deals in their franchise history if they act. Well, now that Jim
1: Benning's got to have more faith in our trades.
0: For sure. Um, <laughs> Getting well, what see, we deserve so the for the
1: players we get rid of. Well,
0: also, uh, see, JT Miller would have, well, uh, Jim Benning, uh, in Jim Benning's world, what he would have done. Is he, he would have waited
1: till free agency?
0: Is he would have mm-hmm. said, No, we're going to do fantastic. And then, not he's going to, he would never trade JT Miller, let him walk in free agency for nothing. And that exactly. would be it. And, they and would, then with they, no would, sign 32-year-old
1: they would sign some thirty-two-year-old fourth liner for five million dollars for five years, and be like, "Oh, we're so excited for them!" Yeah, thank go. God
0: that's over. But enough. But that's the, <laughs> the Edmonton but, era. But Jim Betting's the Edmonton Oilers' problem now.
1: <laughs> the or Edmonton hopeful. Oilers. Pretty should soon. we Talk about the Edmonton Oilers. We
0: should in a second, but I think the f- la- two last things we got to get over from the Canucks' side of things before we get before we move on to any other teams. I
1: will say though, the game. Yes, we lost and yes Spencer Martin was the star however I feel like for being depleted roster and everything I feel like the Canucks really did bring up good energy tonight I feel like they played a full 60 minutes and I feel like they just played well like they really they did help their goaltending even Spencer Martin played great but they really did help him um and I think they just played a good full 60 minutes it was just overtime obviously that we talked about um so I'm not mad. I'm glad we got a point for our efforts because I feel like it was a good overall effort.
0: You got a point against the best team in the exactly. NHL. That's nothing to sniff at. No. Like, and especially where you are as a franchise, and especially considering they absolutely hammered you the last time you played them. Exactly. Like, that's pretty good considering all the circumstances. Yeah, and, you'll take one point. And, no exa- problem. and people
1: can go off and say that
0: uh, Again, Panthers
1: think, are fatigued. They played I don't think now, anyone's that mad about this But I don't think it's one. that... Like I think it's pretty darn good even if the Panthers were tired. I think we still played pretty good because even the best teams in the league when they're tired, usually we wouldn't put up that effort with such a depleted roster. So,
0: yeah, exactly. I think they did very pretty well. The happy. other now the other the other two things we need to get to. First off, uh the best part of tonight's game wasn't actually the game <laughs> itself. It was the fact that Roberto Luongo was in the building. And I okay like I have, you had... squealed
1: like a child. Uh, of
0: course I did. You he, so of course happy. I did. This is my hero. My goddamned hero is back in Vancouver.
1: And he was like in the suites where like we were sitting.
0: Oh, uh, I, I happiest well. I haven't seen, I haven't seen him in so long. And you there he was. There was
1: gonna be an announcement. There was.
0: I, an I okay. I thought like I. Then why thought... bring him
1: back against Florida? I like, thought, like that's well, why because I was he like, works
0: for the Panthers. Oh right. He yeah. works for the Panthers. Like that. That's why he's here. Um, but I swear to God, everything, here's the thing. This is where the Canucks truly messed up tonight. This (laughs) is, this was the biggest mistake of the night. Everything. Like, like, look at me, look at me right now, camera. Or if you're, uh, just, uh, if you're just listening in your car right now, just focus in. The biggest mistake the Canucks made last night in this game was that they did not announce Roberto Luongo's Jersey retirement. Why haven't they done it yet? I'm sorry. This was the prime opportunity. Okay. This is the prime opportunity for two things. One, they could have announced him as the new GM of the franchise because come on, (laughs) he is the most qualified. He hasn't even been interviewed. He was in town. You could have done the public interview right there. Maybe he did. Maybe we don't know. I hope he did. He didn't, but I want, I want to believe he did, Uh, but more, but on a far more likely in a far more likely situation they could have announced his jersey retirement i need they need to like god how is like i cannot believe it's still he's been retired now for three years And they still haven't retired his damn Jersey. They still haven't even mentioned retiring his damn Jersey. You know many, like people are, and people aren't stupid. Like I think even the Sadines on their like Jersey retirement day, like they were asked about it at some point. I think they're like, well, Lou's." They were like, yeah, Lou's going to go. Like, of course he's going to be there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like how could you not? He's the greatest goaltender. He's the greatest goaltender in franchise history. He is. uh,
1: One of the best goaltenders in league history.
0: One of the greatest goaltenders in NHL history. At the very least, he is, and this is the hot take. This is this is where people are going to disagree with me a little bit. He is the third best. At least he is the third best player in Canucks history, uh, player or goaltender, Behind bar the none. Cedines. Behind the Sedin's only. That is it. It goes. It goes. The Sedin's, Luongo, Buray, and everybody else. Like that's it. <laughs> that's it. it <laughs> that's that's where it goes. He is the best player. Oh, he is God. the he is the third best player in the franchise's history. Like no doubt about it. How is how he has not had his jersey retired. Yet is a crime It is an absolute crime Well,
1: now that they didn't announce it tonight Here's an idea Maybe for an upcoming article That you can pitch
0: Yes, 101 reasons why Roberto Luongo's <laughs> a should series be retired. by
1: Lachlan. A saga, a
0: thrilling saga Filled with twists And turns And uh, <sighs> Secrets, I don't know the Secret is the open Oh, oh I'm sure I will The opens – really, it's an open secret that it's mostly it's about the fact that he's still on cap recapture, which isn't even his fault. No! It's not even the – Jim Benning's! No, no, it's not Jim Benning's fault. It's not even Mike Gillis's fault for signing the contract. It's the NHL's fault for going, oh, we're going to punish you because our salary cap rules sucked enough for you to find the loopholes in it. No. You don't get to retro. – I'm sorry. You should not be able to retroactively punish teams for – finding the flaws in your salary cap it's your it's system bogus. that you fucked up yeah it's bogus that that's how that works um, um i
1: will say though luongo being back was amazing because he was also my, was so he was happy. my first favorite hockey player like he's great but also kevin bx the an kevin appearance BX
0: was also there for and uh, personally Ducks, so i wonderful.
1: love that man. i heard he was so, on, i'm not I mad he... about it i i squealed like a child when kevin bx came out i love kevin what well, was hockey I tonight? Like to, and he was to... really close with Rick Rippen and He's been very open about that. But I, I love Kevin Bieksa and Kevin Bieksa and Roberto Luongo back in the building tonight. I don't know, like this Bieksa's is a great is decision. Yeah.
0: I don't know why that hasn't happened He hasn't
1: been in Ring of Honor. I don't think they'll retire as jersey. No,
0: he's not. No, 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 no. He's, no. Not, he's like, not a, a jersey retired jersey. candidate.
1: But he's not in the Ring of Honor even at Ring all. Ring of
0: Honor is the perfect. It, Ring of Honor is he the perfect place for Kevin He needs to be for honored for like somehow
1: BXA. because Kevin Bieksa, A, was a fan favorite and B, was a great player I, for I 10 years.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he gets there. So like pretty quick, here. yeah, especially now that he's doing media he stuff. He played and he's pretty much, much his whole in career
1: in Vancouver, other than a
0: couple, like the last a, bit at few, Anaheim. He played a f- good few in Anaheim, but yeah, like but yeah, his, he's his, known as a Canuck, yeah. he's known as a canuck. His
1: loyalties are still here. Yeah. He went on air one time, like I think last he he season, city. um, or no, when the Canucks were in the bubble, when he wore a freaking like. Canucks, like, bomber jacket.
0: Yeah, he's the best. On air. Kevin Bieksa is the best. It's Kevin Bieksa, at all. Kevin Bieksa is the first West Coast bias uh, uh, member of Hockey Night in Canada true. we've had in a long time. That's true. Uh, I love... Not
1: even Kathy Campbell really is.
0: No, no yeah. well, Cassie, Cassie Campbell is... Is from isn't she from Ontario though? Yeah, but, but she covers yeah, the
1: flames.
0: She covers the flames, but she's from Ontario. That's like, true. so I But I everyone
1: think. else is very East Coast.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. It's it's a Toronto broadcast. So like, yeah, um, yeah. Kevin BX is back. I apparently he did a very good job in a. Uh, there was a an intermission video that played on Sportsnet uh, during the game about hockey talks and the initiative and everything. I'm sure. Apparently, it's on it was the very channel. very good. Uh, sure, it's on the YouTube channel that BX I believe narrated or um, was just uh in very involved yeah. in in making which is great uh yeah and that was that part was very nice uh to to see that that initiative still continuing as somebody you know i deal with adhd so every day mm-hmm. so it's you know it's important to me like obviously adhd same. is not like it, it's not necessarily considered on the same it's not always considered on the same level as all those other ones but mm-hmm. um yeah but like it, on, on, like other mental health issues, but I it is it is in the same category, yeah. and it's one of those things that I deal with every single day. So I always appreciate that they do this and uh, that they do that night every single and they do same. it very well. Um,
1: the, the other, other big news, the
0: other big news of the weekend, the the of the weekend, or the week, the week, I, I keep thinking it's the weekend, it almost is really, it pretty much, it's much four, is. F- it's five minutes from now, five
1: minutes when we're recording this. Um, uh-huh. the
0: other big news came out yesterday. Is that the Canucks basic as the, maybe the other Infinity Gauntlet of the week belongs to the new member of the Canucks analytics department, Rachel, Rachel Dory? Did you just try to snake the announcement for me? How yes. dare you? This is my show. Don't care. <laughs> All this right. is
1: about women in sports.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Checkmate. Okay. You, 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 well played. Yes. Well yes, played.
1: she's in the Canucks, but this is about women in sports. And this is a very important topic for me. Yeah. being well, a journalist before go for it being a journalist in sports I I think this is a great signing I think Rachel's great for experience um not only like she's a woman obviously first woman in a management role not management role but in like head office for the Canucks not uh, oh
0: not the first not the first not the first no there have actually been a few more apparently um, I asked I actually checked around to see if that was okay. the case and well
1: no. one of the first but I think in the era that we're getting into more and more women are getting into sports. And so either, or like even if she's not the first, it's great for the organization to have more representation. Um, I think she's super smart. I think she's a great addition. Um, And I feel like this also opens the door for a lot more people to be like, yeah, I can do that because I feel like hockey historically has been very run by white men. And you're starting to see a lot more diversity not only in like I guess head office but in like the media um and in all aspects which I really like and I think it's a great fit
0: yeah it's so a, I'm
1: very excited about it
0: it's a fantastic fit for a lot of reasons she's Rachel. also
1: insanely smart
0: Rachel is she's so, so good. for anyone who doesn't know like a lot about Rachel or is like this is your first time like your introduction to her I'd be surprised if you're finding it out on our show but uh rachel has been has worked for the new jersey devils uh she worked there for two years along with uh she has uh worked for hockey canada she's worked for the Sudbury wolves uh she's uh worked uh as part of like a director of like development i believe for like the york university in toronto where she was also getting her master's in her master her, her master's degree in science for uh sports analytics and uh Uh, sports, uh, I think I forget if it was psychology or like something like that, something like that, something ridiculously smart and, and into like a crazy, a crazy cool career path. And Rachel is, um, obviously was, has always been very active on Twitter and, uh, in social media about, uh, she had a podcast called the staff and graph podcast. Uh, which ended yesterday yes. uh for some reason or lately, okay. Well, the show, sorry i should say the show didn't end she's just no longer gonna be on it for some reason um but uh rachel is like i've been following rachel like in her in her career for uh the la- the better part of the last i guess three four years now um God, like the she's been on, she's talked many times about the Canucks and what is wrong with them, what was wrong with them specifically during the last regime. Um, And like to this day, one of my favorite, I don't know if, I don't know if she, I don't, I don't know Rachel personally, but, uh, but I, and I don't know if she'd love me bringing this back up, but I will say, I will, I will, I will say, I'll say this, one of my favorite quotes of all time was when she appeared on Puck Soup and uh, on the Puck Soup podcast with Greg Wachinski, Ryan Lambert, and Sean McIndoo. Uh and uh, she was at, and they were talking about the trade deadline. She and she said, "If and she said, I quote, if, uh, if Steve Iserman and Joe Sakic are playing forty chess, then Jim Benning is gluing macaroni onto construction paper.' Oh <laughs> and it is the greatest analogy of what the, of the Canucks at that point that I have mean, ever valid. heard. And Here's the thing. A lot of people like I-, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you don't want somebody who was talking trash about the Canucks on on uh, on your t- working for the team. Why would you ever do that? And Now, I think that's a guy's for a different issue. Um, that's just an excuse for a different issue that they have with her. Um, um, I but- know our
1: media people aren't technically employed by the Canucks, but they sit up in the press box at Rogers Arena and shit talk the Canucks when we suck. So.
0: I, I mean I. It's I would like say shit I don't think,
1: I don't think. it Well, no, but I think there. Everyone has opinions, they, and I don't they're, think they're like not,
0: they're we're not going to sugarcoat it when they're bad. Yeah, like, exactly. That's how it goes. But
1: I'm saying that like for people to be like, oh, well, she talks shit. It's like no, no, no.
0: But here's the thing. No. See what I, I don't care. What I was getting to the to the point of was that. You want people in your organization who don't agree with you. you yeah, because you want need different
1: opinions. The, you don't want everyone to be like, "Oh yeah, 100% I agree with you" because then you'll have you'll never have anything else.
0: It's straight change. up it's straight up the idea of like in a way, like this is not necessarily the perfect analogy, but it's the idea of like you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. It's the idea of the people who have their disagreements with how you're running things mm-hmm. and are vocal about it those are the types of people that you actually want working with you oh yeah because they're gonna bring a different mindset they're gonna bring a different idea that you might not have necessarily thought of Mm -hmm. and that's good for your organization you want people who have a different a different point of view on what they're seeing on the ice you want a bunch of different opinions and ideas to create a more collaborative cohesive Unit, and that's what Rachel talked about yesterday about why she wants to be on the Canucks and why she's wanted to work for the Canucks for actually quite a while. And the fact that the Canucks were actually the team together, and that actually put the pitch together yeah, to go for it. There was a was lot of teams great.
1: getting for her. So. Yep. Uh,
0: according to Thomas Drance, a lot of teams wanted her, but she chose she Vancouver. She chose
1: Vancouver, so that makes us feel special
0: too. Yeah, because it's a she, case. She
1: wanted us, and we wanted her. It was a mutual. Yeah.
0: Mutual but that, And that's, be, but that's that. because Jim Rutherford's here now, and that's true. he's will, and he Such made it betting. very clear that he wants to put together a better product, and he wants yeah. a. He wants to have a group of a group of new age thinking. He wants to have people who might be leaned towards more of his side of things with the older school of thought, but he's Mm -hmm. still, but he's not going to, and he's going to bring in people from different walks of life and different Mm -hmm. and different experiences. And Mm -hmm. Rachel fits that description perfectly. She is Mm -hmm. a new age thinker. She brings a very different side of expertise on things that the Canucks are desperately in need of. And The Canucks, the Canucks today with Rachel Dory working in their analytics, even if it's not necessarily like, oh, she's not like an assistant GM. She's not like she's not going to be making any trades herself, but you are so much better today with her on your management Mm -hmm. team. Than you were to than you were the day before
1: yeah because like you said even though she's not making trades she's putting her thoughts and opinions out there on what she believes is best for the team and I do feel like like you said with Jim Rutherford I feel like this management team that he's building will listen and have like yeah they might not agree on everything but they're all I feel like they're all gonna listen to each other and kind of put everything out there and then be like okay so this is our best thing and this and this and, like, place everything. I don't know how to explain it, but they're going to, like, just listen to all the options before making a rash decision, where I feel like with management before, it wasn't something that happened. I feel like it was a very one-sided conversation when you wanted to make trades, when you wanted to not sign players and yada, yada, yada. I feel like there or was... there was
0: John Wisebrod who had just offered teams picks that they didn't ask for. Yeah, I feel like they it was didn't just know very much, like...
1: It was just like, "Oh, here you want this player? Okay, here you go. We'll take whatever you want." Where I feel like this, with her in the analytics department, it's really just going to be a lot better, and it's going to be a conversation instead of just a decision made.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot more of a. It's going to be a lot more of a debate around where to go with things, and to, that's good. And
1: looking at pros and cons of each, like each person's, like, thoughts and things. Yeah. Like, be like, oh, I want this. Well, Which no, I want this. Which is how you this. end and up then... with
0: less Tucker Pullman on Oh, your team. God,
1: Tucker Pullman.
0: Well, I, I, Tucker, I to, talk. to be fair, Tucker Pullman was good. It was okay tonight. He was, he was decent.
1: Was fine. He was fine. I mean, he's playing with Quinn Hughes. I hope you're decent well, with your partners with Quinn your Hughes. goal
0: with when you're, when you're clearly not as good as Quinn Hughes, your job is just to be, look, just don't make his job harder. You're fine. He yeah, did he did. He didn't make he, Quinn Hughes' job harder tonight, and that was important.
1: Exactly.
0: Um... And you know one of the things that Rachel's probably going to be involved with pretty quickly when she gets to Vancouver because I don't believe she's here yet, but I don't think so. I'm sure one of the things that she'll be very involved with is the trade deadline stuff and what's yes. going to happen there, and the fact that the Canucks have, uh, suddenly might have a surplus of goaltenders, and one team that could really use a goaltender right now is the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, we talked about God. this kind of last time
1: when I was on. Yeah, yeah the we last talked time about you were on halak, the halak
0: trades with a Halak now there's spencer martin now okay the whole ju- okay spencer martin's not going anywhere but the funny part it, it's just very very uh, funny because a lot of people are, are absolutely apart, trolling man. what a surprise they what a surprise <laughs> like this extremely fragile team that has that folds like a cheap suit every time the going gets tough is not doing well Kate,
1: i have i have thoughts on. they're this. not gonna
0: here, oh i have thoughts too here you go first
1: um they need to fire the coach and management because just That's... firing the coach is not going to happen. Or I mean, not going to do anything. Um, See, I so agree they need to you fix know who they all need. that. I know they, it... they need Jim Benning and Travis right. green because that would be comical. Right. However, they need to make changes in management. They need to make changes in coaching. This is, and I'm, I'm copying because this is a great take. What Steve Dangle said on his podcast the other day, this is absolutely terrible. For the sport of hockey, that Connor McDavid has never gotten past the second round of playoffs. And they're never really in the yeah. playoffs. And I don't... they lost 6 0 to the Florida Panthers. Yeah, Florida's number one team in the league, but they've been losing like crazy. They're getting in fights with media. Not like it's really their fault. There's been stupid questions by the media.
0: We're getting so pissy, Andrew? But I mean, this is really. This yeah, is...
1: why am I getting Whenever so I pissy? never ask you
0: questions. You get really, really pissy. And yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just there needs to be changes, and if there's not, because they clearly don't know how to build a team around Connor McDavid and Leon Dryset. Here's the
0: thing, though. Connor
1: McDavid's going to ask for a trade. He had so in many- the next two years. If Connor McDavid does not ask for a trade, I will be shocked
0: i mean here's the thing he could have he should have asked for one two years ago yeah that's true he's only but... himself, he really only has himself to blame at this point yeah like but... that's his that's on him
1: yeah but leon's there and i don't think he wants to separate from leon yet yeah anyway, which he was is part of the reason on why on they
0: watch is part of the reason why they're not good because I feel they like refuse he's too gullible
1: to do- he holds on to stop. whatever management
0: says. Bro, you got to stop slamming on the table. This is Mike's. He,
1: no, but I'm saying he – I think he feeds into what management's like, no, 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 don't worry. We're going to, like, get you a team. And then I don't, it just keeps going on. I and,
0: don't think it's so much of that as it is the – like, well, it's one of those things where he has no choice. Like, what can he do? Yeah. Like, they're here's Where the else thing. is
1: he going to go? Like, well, well I, mean, I mean, any team would take him. The, but... the brothers
0: aren't going to trade him. That's the problem, is that yeah. unless he sat out – They want out, way too much. The, well, I mean, here's the thing there is no trade too big for Connor McDavid That's if true. you're an NHL franchise. Like, if you can get Connor McDavid, you offer the sun and the moon it's more. To get him. They don't
1: want to get rid of him, well,
0: of course not. He's all they have until
1: he pretty much goes to management and it's like, I want to trade, I'm or I'm sitting Harden on the freaking ice. I'm gonna like, pull a James Harden you. and gain
0: like a hundred pounds just so you'll get rid of me. Uh, yeah, literally. yeah, here's the thing the Canucks are ahead of the Oilers right now, uh, in points. They're now the Oilers have four games in hand of them, but here's the thing: I don't think that matters. I no. think the Canucks are gonna finish ahead of them anyway. Yeah,
1: because the Oilers are on a downfall. And as much as I want to see management and coaching changes, they just better not fucking come back like the Canucks did and be like, Oh, we're gonna win like a bunch of games in a row because we finally got rid of like an Olin. But no, no, like
0: Here's the problem the with the The thing Oilers. is, though,
1: is even if they change management and stuff, it can be good for a little while, but it's not going to last because until they build a team that actually is decent and has playoff potential, they're not going to be good. Because uh, right now they don't have a goaltender, to be fair. Yeah, bingo. Coskinen sucks.
0: Yeah, so, like, that 6-0 game, I watched that thing. Holy crap. The Holy crap. Like, here's the thing. You got shut out, so it doesn't really matter what your goalie does anyway. But... He didn't help at all, considering like the first goal of the game. When we get it's shut shot out, at least Thatcher
1: Demko pretty good.
0: Yeah, here's the thing: the, the the first goal of that game, I think it was an Anthony Declare shot, where Koskinen got all of it with his glove, and somehow it still went in the net. Like he got, like he literally touched his glove and brushed past it and into the net. Oh my which god! Which to me is like, good lord, that is a terrible goal to give up. A beer leaguer would stop that shot. Like if you're that close on it, yeah, you're. God, anyone can make that save. Koskinen, what? Like so many. Like I think out of the six goals the Panthers scored, five of them were stoppable, and he completely like and he, he just gave up. Gave up. Like the, the here, here, and he's like awful. Like the, they have no goaltending. They have straight and Mike up no Smith goal. is like Mike Smith is no as much better. as I
1: like. Like I do have a soft spot for Mike Smith. I think Mike Smith is just needs. I think it's his time is done. And he's, yeah, he's he 40. needs to back it in. What? He's older. What you, he's had his what? time. You he's been a decent goaltender. He's, you, he just, you didn't please think, retire.
0: You didn't think he was going to be just as good at 40 years old as he was not last year? Not all
1: of us can be, um, oh my God,
0: like, God. what? That's crazy. No, the yeah, Oilers, here's the thing. I think, I think changing management again, because here's the thing. You know how many they GMs? They just changed
1: management like, like three years ago. Yeah, they
0: just changed management not that long ago. And Ken Hall and Ken Holland is
1: uh didn't they just hire Todd McClellan like two years ago?
0: Well, no, it's Dave Tippett now.
1: Oh right, remember? So they've they've changed coaches again. Todd
0: McClellan, I think, was actually a Peter Shirelli hire. So actually, they've gone through. Let's see, they have gone through. Uh, Todd McClellan, then Ken Hitchcock for about half a season, just to literally right the ship partially, and then Ken Holland came aboard and took over for Peter Shirelli uh and then he hired dave tippett oh right and look the oilers are screwed i don't think i i i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't think i i don't see in any scenario where they're gonna do the same thing the canucks did because here's the thing the canucks were a a, an, an average team way underachieving yeah. We're an average team. Way under they receiving. actually had
1: a goaltender. The- their defense was like, okay, it wasn't great. No, their great. defense is terrible. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, they- no, no, no,
0: no, no. But they had defense a goaltender.
1: They they had a goaltender and like could just, Thatcher was standing on his head every night. And it's yeah, not like goal. he can stop like 50 shots a game because they couldn't.
0: They have way more pieces and of a cup contender have, than the Edmonton yeah, Oilers
1: like, do. Their defense sucks, but they have at least two, maybe three, I would say, solid lines. Yep.
0: That score. The Canucks.
1: The Can- and uh the Oilers have Connor McDavid and Leon Dry settled. That's it. Okay. Yeah. The Canucks anyways. Ha-
0: the Canucks have two the Canucks have more pieces of what a Stanley Cup contending team needs. Could look like, yeah. Now they're not close. They're no. not a cup contender themselves they by any not stretch yet. But they have more of those the list, like the checklist marked off than Edmonton has in mm-hmm. by a country mile. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look, I don't think and Honestly, like here's the thing. the The other thing that came out today re- was the whole I uh, on a couple different, um, uh, specifically Dom Lecision's, uh projections, athletic projections over at the Athletic, and uh, Micah McCurdy's uh, points projections came out today. Like they do them daily. Um, today is the first day that the Canucks were actually in a heat in a in a heat with the with the uh, the Kings or sorry, the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Oilers. I think they were in a little, like, a in a heat with those group, and they started, and they're pushing past them.
1: Yeah, they are. Now,
0: and the Kings are, like, one of the teams that they're, like, on the cusp of getting around.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: here's the thing. That's every team that's in front of them for a playoff spot. I honestly think that, provided the Canucks don't, don't run into too many more setbacks COVID-wise, for starters, because that's what's really killing wise, them right now. I honestly think that they're going to pass all of those teams and make that yeah. third Pacific Division spot. even even if even even if and I almost hazard to say when they end up trading J.T. Miller and when they end and, up trading Tyler yeah. Mars, and when they end up trading Yaroslav Halak. I think you can move out all... I think there's a very realistic Palak case... Halak is the mo-
1: easiest, I think, to move, though. No,
0: because sure. he's got the no-move clause. Oh, right. He's the hardest to move out, really. He's the
1: hardest move, but he's the easiest he's
0: to He's easiest to sell other teams he's on. He's the
1: easiest to replace.
0: Easiest to replace, easiest to sell other teams on, not easiest to actually make yeah, a trade no, happen it's, with.
1: Yeah, no, it's the hardest Miller to trade. Miller is going
0: to be the easiest but to the make a easiest trade
1: happen with. Like, easiest to replace, because what his package would be like is yeah. him, it'd be either one for one or a one for one with a pick. So it'd be him for the other backup and a pick, like a fourth round, third round, whatever. Yeah. Well. And then that's fine. That guy slots in behind Demko if he sucks. Now, well, I don't want to say Spencer Martin could slot in, but it just depends. Like, you, chips will fall where they lay. But I'm not too worried about getting rid of Halak in the way of it doesn't really affect them
0: well it's really a, yeah no it's not that it's not about that it's about the what you could get to get out of them and like again yeah it's not the goaltending you're not, not getting
1: much out of that you're getting a lot more in tyler mott and jt miller deals
0: yeah j yeah the those, those are the ones are getting i think Hay it's more. very easy i think there is a very clear scenario here where the canucks do all those things actively make trades that in theory make you better for next year and don't make you as good this year and still end up as the third Team in the Pacific to make the playoffs. Yeah, and
1: then you go and see what you can do because you never know in playoffs. Yeah, because
0: at that point you've done, you've had your cake and I ate it too because you've exactly. already you've made the trades to favor yourself for next season while still while still getting into the playoffs this year. In other exactly. words, you have won an extra, just extra. Here's a free round of here's a free round for you to try and win it. And
1: then they can just and go and do whatever they need to season. do. And if they lose, it's not like yeah, it sucks, but it's not like their House money pressure on them to be this stanley cup winning team they are pretty much if they made the playoffs they're pretty much the underdog going in and they could just go and do whatever the hell they want and yep. i think we'd all be impressed at whatever they do
0: and i to and, be, to and be for all the you know for all the concerns i've talked about with the canucks today like straight up like i even look at like in this scenario they'd be playing calgary in the first round i'm looking i'm like i'm like
1: yep, that's calgary up. can't win around though to save their lives
0: yeah Calgary's a beautiful calgary team.
1: cannot a win a playoff people, Here's round. the
0: thing a lot of people like i know the advanced stats have them pretty ranked pretty high i am a hundred Calgary's not that good i am a hundred percent uh on the calgary is overrated train yeah, i do not tr- i do not i have no faith i don't in think they're that anything. good
1: and i i don't know markstrom's why.
0: fantastic
1: yeah markstrom's fantastic that's all it is and they have some decent scores. Yeah, they have Kachuk. Their defense isn't great. Um, I feel like they just – they have good scores because Goodrell and Kachuk are there. And then Markstrom's fantastic. He, like, he did this in Vancouver. He stands on his head. Kristanov is So, Chris Tanev, yeah, Kristanov's Kristanov, like – like, I'm I, sorry.
0: I'm in the same – like, here's, like uh, – The thing I...
1: is, is, like, I don't think they're that good. Like, they have a couple good pieces, But I feel like when you look at it, when you look at it overall, the Canucks have way more pieces to build a team, like to build a Stanley Cup winning team than Calgary does.
0: Yeah, like how At this point, Calgary's is going to do what they do every year, where they have this really cool regular season, and then they're going to, and then you're going to, particularly like Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan are going to disappear when the playoffs Yeah, come because
1: out. they never do anything. Matthew is the Matthew Tkachuk is the only one literally ever I've, scores, I've been on and the, he's not even that good. In the playoffs.
0: Flames are the the Flames' biggest issue, and I've said this for a very long time is that they are so hell bent on. No, good. This is Gaudreau and Monahan's team, and not Kachuk's team. Matthew Kachuk, Kachuk is the best tr-
1: player out of all three of those yep. guys, and I will and stand the, for. And that. there was
0: talk last year. Well, I think every any 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 smart hockey fan would, because like it's so clear That's that true. like it's so clear that he's the best out of that group. And yet last year they were like, oh, they're tired of Matthew Kachuk's attitude, and they might trade him. And it's like. It's like okay, I'm sorry if if like if Gaudreau and Monahan are part of that and they're tired of Kachuk's attitude. Cool, you get rid of them. Get rid of them first. They're
1: Matt Kachuk. Yeah, he's an asshole and he's a pest. But, yeah, but those are the guys. The yeah, those are the guys you want on your team because they piss off. Whoever well, you're I don't against. want
0: them on my team. I
1: mean, to be fair, I, I,
0: I like building he's, a team of nice people.
1: Yes, but he he's an asshole, but he wins hockey games. He scores goals. And yeah, he does stupid shit, but he's still pretty like he wins games for them. And he's not like, dare I say, he's not like Nazem Kadri in the way if he doesn't get suspended that often. So it's not like he's out half the season from stupid hits.
0: Well, that's a that's a different thing of Kadri, by the way, having a great season. Holy Nazem cow.
1: Kadri, this is what I'll say. I oh, didn't boy, like him it. on the Leafs because I thought he was a really dirty player. I'm not saying that he still isn't necessarily a dirty player. However, when he went to the Avalanche, oh, he's a dirty for player. some he, reason...
0: He, wait, here's the thing. He's only... He's dirty in the worst way possible at, like, for, like, Five seconds out of the game. Like yeah. he's never, he's, he's generally. never
1: like a jerk the whole time.
0: No, it's always this. He literally, I think the way I've heard people put it is like the red mist, where yeah. you get so mad for just a split second that and you do the snaps. dumbest thing in the world and you snap at the wrong time. I, I, yeah, lots of players are like that. And yeah, that's, that's Kadri's thing, but he's talented, guys. Yeah. You can't deny is, that. You cannot, you I can't will deny say, the talent. When
1: he went to the avalanche, he really. He cleaned. picked it up, cleaned up his act, and really just started playing. Like, he's always been a good hockey player, but he really just started, like, focusing on scoring goals and focusing on playing hockey. And, yeah, he still gets pissed off once in a while, but I feel like he really tried to control himself in it. Colorado yeah because he, I think Colorado is like we're not putting up your bullshit as,
0: well it's more about but also
1: it's not like you're on the Leafs where he didn't need to be relied bigger. he
0: didn't need to be relied on as much like yeah in Toronto they needed to rely on him to because be, they didn't
1: have anyone else
0: because they didn't have any because uh, even with like Matthews and Martyr they were there, younger. He was still y- they were younger and he was still like a top six player for yeah. most of that t- for that time period because even Colorado, they have Hyman he and so too, but. he can be a he can he can be a third guy sometimes like that's because they're that
1: and different. he's fine and i think he's fine with that role because he doesn't have to be as on. and so I think it relaxed him yes being in Colorado and not having this pressure to be like oh my gosh I'm on the top line I need to hold this team together like yes yeah, sometimes he plays like second line but he's fine dipping down and then the pressure's yeah. not on him and he's so such a better player yep. when it, that happens.
0: Yep. Anyway, the oilers are in trouble. Now, yes. last last thing of the day. Last last thing of the day. This is what you wanted to talk about. Yes,
1: I want to talk about I mean I like talking
0: about it too. I,
1: I like. want to talk about Seattle getting you a gotta
0: dunk. stop slamming the table. <laughs> I swear to <laughs> until, god.
1: Until tonight, Seattle is undefeated with their puppy Davy Jones.
0: And then I got and smoked.
1: There, So there's a couple things I want to talk moves. about with this. One, where the hell is the Canuck's puppy? Excuse Great question. Me? Where is Excuse the Canucks? Excuse me? What? I okay. feel like there's question. so many teams in the league.
0: Pause question. Can I
1: finish talking? No,
0: pause question. If the Canucks were gonna get a dog, what kind of dog? Okay, that's that's a hard one because what kind of dog fits the Canucks as like a I don't like know, if you were to I want
1: pick, them to get out. like a mutt like Seattle did because I feel like But like Husky I,
0: fits for like a Kraken, like that yeah. kind of style. Like that kind of there's there's something there. We right? need a
1: duck taller.
0: Is Duck Toller a can is that a Vancouver thing?
1: Nova – Oh
0: see, that's a Nova see, it's Nova Scotia. I think you need something like (sighs) you need something kind of like oh you need an oceany type dog, similar to the Kraken, but maybe not in that husky, that husky range. Like a husky, maybe like um a German like a German. I was gonna say German
1: Shepherd mix. German German Shepherd husky mix. Yeah.
0: I would say, you know what? Go like okay. I'm biased. All
1: I'm fine is I want a mutt because I feel like the reason Seattle did that, like you were saying, is because they want it more to be an emotional support animal than they do necessarily uh, service a dogs service dog because they want d- it for longer. And that's why every team gets a, like a Servi- purebred, like yellow lab or golden retriever or chocolate lab because they're service dogs and they're meant to be service dogs after a year. But Seattle was like, no, we don't want to do that. So Davy Jones is a Husky mix. I'm not sure exactly who he's mixed with.
0: Uh, I don't know know either, but he's a
1: mix. And I think if the Canucks were to get a dog, they should get a mix, but also where's the puppy and, uh, please thank you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I want to talk about. But, uh, serious question, uh, where's the Canucks dog? I've been waiting for this for years. Everybody and Seattle is a new team in the league this year and they've already got a dog. So excuse me. Get on it! Yeah, Thank the you. Canucks
0: should get a dog. They should get. I here's the thing. I think it should be. I honestly, you know what? I'd love to see the Canucks do. I would. Does any Canadian franchise have a dog though? Um, I think Ottawa does. Oh right, yes. yeah. Okay. Um,
1: because I was like, maybe it's just not a Canadian franchise. Thing, well, but... if
0: it is, then they're being snooty. That's um, true. No, the Canucks <laughs> should get a dog. I think that I would love. You know what? I'd love to see. I'd love to see the Canucks get a pit bull mix. And the reason, Ooh, and now yeah. I'm a little biased because I've had a, because you love I've had, bully pit breed dogs. I've had, because I've had them my whole life. Like my, True. my first dog Scooby. He was a, he, he was a, a bully breed. He was, yeah, he was a German shepherd pit bull mix. Ooh. He was a very good boy. He lived to be, uh, he lived to a, the ripe old age of 12 or, uh, actually no, no, no. Cause he was thir- He would have been, no, no, no. It would have been 12. He was 12. Cause we got him in when I was in first grade. He lived until I, my first year of college. He was a very good boy. Uh, my little Scooby uh then we have we have we saw luna she is now 12 and she is doing very well um she is a mixture of everything she's got a little bit of like boxer she's got she's she like we did a dna test on her she's like a a really straight up like whip it she's a mixture of literally everything like not even like that's not even a joke she is one of like those like the wildest like lineages i've ever seen she is straight up just a mutt she doesn't really have a breed like they said she is mostly boxer she looks nothing like a boxer that's how that's how different that's that's, true
1: i can attest that i've
0: seen pictures yes i think i've shown pictures on this podcast before Well, maybe
1: you can pull one up now uh
0: no i can't i do not have one ready to go and that takes editing that i don't want to do i don't want to do i do not want to do that editing um uh, this is a very simple show uh, anyways, anyways, and then Norbert Norbert is a Staffordshire Terrier. He is like a pit bull. He is a got a very boxy head. And I would love to see the Canucks like go for a like a bully breed dog because I think bully breeds are often i'm a very I'm a strong there's advocate a very... that bully breeds are 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 very there's a large stigma with bully yeah, breeds that they are dangerous it's dogs, and that's not think true.
1: Vancouver has a lot of pit bulls and things like that where I feel there's like a lot more big, they... big, bu- big the pups. Thing, the thing is. For me, that I've like noticed is bully breeds specifically pit bulls. A lot of people are like, "Oh, well, they're mean." No, No, they're not. They're not. It really depends on who their owners are and if they have good owners and they're well taken care of. Very true. They're amazing dogs. Yes, it's if every dog is great. Any any dog
0: is dangerous in the wrong person. Yeah,
1: like any pet is a
0: bad any pet. Because Rottweilers
1: also have that stigma.
0: Any, any they're not really And german em-
1: shepherds have that too but i don't think really german just, shepherds do i've heard things but i guess it's really just if you're in the right hands yeah. the dog is amazing and- it's just if they fall into the wrong hands which i don't think there should be stigmas around dogs and like yeah maybe history shows like rottweilers germans and um like bully breeds have like a shorter temper but really if they're well taken care of you're not going to ever see that temper
0: ever no it's a it's a it's a thing of they're big so people are scared of them and it's and they
1: look mean but they're not
0: they're not mean they're like scooby was the most cuddly boy norbert is a real like cuddle bug i i miss my norbert very much he is home with my parents in california i miss have i miss having him around he he was just me in a, we always, he was just me in a dog body. Like, you he's,
1: just, you visit my dog. He's
0: a big, yeah, but he's your, your, your dog is no Norbert. I'm my sorry. Dog your dog insane. is no replacement for my Norbert. My dog is insane. Um, Norby, Norby, and anyway. Dogs are, yeah, I would love to see the Canucks go and be like, we picked out a dog, we we picked out this, uh, we picked out a bully breed dog, uh, because not only do they make good support animals, they're also stigmas, there's a stigma around them that they're dangerous, but they're actually, they're actually very lovely animals, and they're, and they, and they are, um, yeah, they're great dogs, they're, Mm -hmm. I would love to see them go and do something like that, and get like a mix of like a staffy mix, and be like, hey, look, this is a lovely dog, he represents your team very well, He's a good boy. And then I don't know. I don't know what they'd name him. They'd give him a good name, though. Yes. See, here's the trick though, honestly, like straight up, one of the tricks I've learned is if people don't like your dogs, give it the most dorky name in the world. You should you should name it Lou. Mm, nope, nope, because that's my dog's name. They can that's gonna be my future dog's name. They cannot have that. Um,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> but um, like, cause like literally so many times, I cannot tell you how many times when I'm like when people would ask me about my dog, what about Uh, about why have you named a
1: dog Lou yet? Then excuse me,
0: what? Why have? Why is I don't have any dogs yet? I cannot. I don't have the money for a dog. Do I look like I'm ready for children? No. Um, (laughs) the
1: only children I want.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's you know like you, but you have a dog already. I do have have
1: a dog. dog. Her name is Luna.
0: Not the same Luna. She is very different. Australian
1: Shepherd half mutt. Um, well that just makes
0: her mutt. Yeah, she's she's really just a mutt,
1: but she's like her maid breed is Aussie. (laughs) and she looks like a border collie though and she's insane but i love her so it's okay (laughs) she's 11 months old yeah
0: and but anyway when people would ask me about like what like i would say oh he's a staffordshire terrier mix which of course immediately people bristle at because they're like oh scary dog and then i'd be like his name is norbert and you just see the color like like come back to their face like oh it's okay it's a huge dork like yeah (laughs) this dog like you can 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 you be scared of a dog named norbert no (laughs) because his name is norbert (laughs) is the dorkiest name ever so that's literally that's the trick just yeah just give it a very dorky name and literally everyone will love the thing that's true i would love to see the canucks go and get like a little like a a a big old a big old bully pup because they're they're very good dogs and that is the crease cast Angie, it has been a pleasure as Thank always Thank you again where can the crease cast <laughs> listeners find your work
1: uh at edge vince on twitter angelina and yeah that's pretty much my
0: that's your life story socials. and you're sticking with it
1: i mean i have instagram you can follow me too it's just my name um with an underscore in the middle but yeah. I don't really post much, but if you really want to follow on Instagram, you should follow at Luna, the Aussie cross on Instagram, which Lachlan will put in the cards because it is very important. And I will hype my dog's Instagram more than a hype mine
0: that you can do that all you want. I'm still not putting it in the title. He will. no, Oh, Lu-
1: sucks. Jacob's not editing this because Lu- I could get him to put it on the screen.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> not.
1: text him be like, you better
0: do it. Absolutely not. Anyway, <laughs> I've been Lachlan Irvin. Uh, Cody Sievertson will be back on Monday. He is, uh, of course, the usual co-host. But if you he were here, he would tell you to go check out AHLNuxHarvest.com where he does his uh, Abbotsford Canucks coverage. Uh, lot, lots of great stuff there, especially if you want to learn more about Spencer Martin. He's covered him plenty over there. And uh, make sure to go uh, check him out uh, at Cody Severson. On Twitter. You can find me uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lock in the Crease. You can also find my writing work over at CanucksArmy.com. I just wrote about Rachel Dory joining the Canucks. I wrote the uh, game day. Uh, the morning skate stuff for the Canucks this morning, and, and I'll be possibly writing possibly
1: soon to be why Luongo's jersey should be.
0: Right. I mean, God, I I could I might just make that a monthly thing. Um, <laughs> if until it, it happens, if if Quads won't pay me for won't won't pay me to do that, then I will just write it for free on my own website.
1: Fair enough.
0: Like that's that's how I'd go, and or I could maybe write it for uh for your for the Patreon, the Creasecast Patreon, with one dollar and five dollar tiers that you can go check out. Uh, also make sure to check out the creasecast on uh, not only the so the podcast platform that you're listening right now please give it a review if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts but also on YouTube we have full YouTube episodes that you, and make sure to subscribe and hit the bell on YouTube to get notified when new episodes drop and which can sometimes include uh, the Twitch streams that I do uh, over on our Twitch channel twitch.tv/creasecast as well if you want to go check that out or check us out on Twitter at the creasecast With that in mind, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Good night.